can I can I can I just say one more thing? Can I just can I just jump in here? Can can I finish? I just if I could just say one more. Can I just right right? But if it uh huh if if I if I could just say can I can I just say one more one more thing? I love hearing people try to jump into a group discussion. The first few things they say as they're trying to get people's attention. Oh, if I, if I could just dovetail on that for dovetail. If you could dovetail on that. And folks, folks, the thing is the thing. Oh, what, what's the thing? You got the thing. Right. Everybody, if I could just further, furthermore, for, furthermore, furthermore. Can I, can I, can I just piggyback on? Oh, you're going to piggyback? You're going to piggyback? Are you going to dovetail? Can I, can I just add, add on to what Brian was saying earlier? And Brian's just still talking. Everyone's interrupting. It's like double dutch. You know, double jump ropes going. How am I going to get in? How am I going to get in? You're thinking, you're thinking. The conversation is stimulating. You want in. You want to get in? Can, can, can I just add? Right, right. And, and I'll let you finish in a moment. But can I add? Can I dovetail? Can I piggyback? Furthermore, you see, the thing is, the thing, the, the, the thing is, as Rebecca was saying earlier, I just wanted to dovetail and piggyback on that. I want to go on a big, fat piggyback ride on Rebecca's comment. Folks, can I finish? Can I say one thing? Can I say one fucking thing right now? And with all due respect, with all due respect, and I do not want to interrupt you right now, but I feel like I need to set the record straight. All these build-up comments that mean nothing. I, I just want to go on record by saying, on record, there's no stenographer. I don't see a judge. I don't see a jury. How many people are going on record with their comments. We all work with somebody like that. And look, I, I just want to put this out there. I'm just, I should put this down there and put this on the record for once and for all. If I could just, uh, can I, can I just, can I, can I, yes, Walter, you can say something. Jesus Christ. Jesus, Walter. What am I even talking about? I like being a part of a staff. I like being a part of a faculty. I like being a part of a workplace, a group setting. But I don't know how good I am at it. I think I'm pretty good at times, but we had a staff meeting with the IT department, the computer people of the district, and they were trying to replace our HPs, our PCs, our Windows with Macs. And everybody was open-minded and everybody in the meeting was learning and everybody was receptive and eager and i'm having a fucking panic attack in there pal i'm actually not kidding i'm having a panic attack on the inside and i look at the guy his name's david and i was like david could i just maybe email you maybe could i just deal with uh could i deal with this change some other time because right now i I don't know i don't know if i want to get away from the hp for that macbook and he's like all right you mean you want to just bounce right now i was like yes He's like, okay, and I just packed up and I left. I left the meeting because I like my old school ways. Oh, that's not good. That's bad in the world of education when you get teachers who get stuck in their ways. Us dinosaurs, us fossils. We go, but I like my projector and I like my slides and I like my chalk. And then the cool IT guys come along with their new software. And they tell you things like, we're going to go the auxiliary route with the new dongle. And what you could do with the HDMI, go stop, 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 don't, don't, don't. I'm just going to use the old Epson. 
the old Epson 1660 jet. I'm comfortable with that. Stop changing shit on me. Okay, I don't want to panic. I don't want you to see me panic. I'm going to leave now. And then as I leave, it's never a smooth exit. Trip over a shoelace. Forget my keys on the table have to come back. Say bye to someone and call them the wrong name by accident. Bye, Michelle. Mary, Mary. Bye, Michelle. I know you're not Mary. Michelle, is it? Wait, it starts with an M. Is that, okay, I got to get the fuck out of this meeting. Oh, folks, let's get to it. Can I, can, can I just say something? We are on autopilot. We are. We're living on autopilot. That's the mode we are in. Your routine, my routine. We get so used to this. Our morning routines... You know your morning routine? You're so stuck in your ways. Wake up, use the bathroom, make the coffee. Our meticulous ways of getting out of the house in the morning. Then we're autopilot at our jobs. Once we get to our jobs, a lot of us go into another autopilot mode. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. You can be very productive on autopilot. You could even be personable and you could be unique in your own way. It's your own unique autopilot mode. And then we return home at night and a little more autopilot. A little more rhythm and routine. Most of the time, you don't realize it. These are just our default capabilities as humans. But the only time we get jolted out of the autopilot mode is when something uncommon happens. Uncommon. Now, even though your life is probably flooded with uncommon shit here and there, if it weren't, your experience might be kind of forgettable. It could still be nice. It could still be so special and sweet. But until something uncommon happens, a lot of the shit we're doing is just routine-oriented. Most people probably don't even like uncommon stuff. Like if I told you, hey, tomorrow something uncommon is going to happen to you, you'd be like, I don't want to sign up for that. I don't want to stand in that line. That'll lead me towards something uncommon. Most people like rhythms and routines. Most people do like organization and structure. Most people, I'm not saying all, but most people, our brains are wired that way. That's why... Certain types of jazz, I was told this, are tough to listen to for some people. If they just meander, we like a beat. Like if I was to do this, that's easier to listen to than if I was to just do like this. You're like, stop, stop. There's no structure to whatever you just did go back to the da 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 stevie wonder superstition so easy to listen to but if you're a jazz trumpet player who's just like that's a bad trumpet impression let me really try no, that's still bad. Oh, shit. How about flute? Nope, not good. Does that sound like anything? Probably not, but we want rhythms, we want routines, and we live our life on autopilot until something uncommon happens, and uncommon things happen all of the time. Family crisis, you've experienced it. Laid off from your job, you've experienced it. Some friction with somebody, You've experienced it. Health ailment. You've experienced it. So it's always right around the corner. It's weird that we yearn for our rhythms when that's not the master design of the human condition. That's not the master design, but we kind of like that. We kind of like when a day is forgettable for all the right reasons. Here's my routine. I'm just going to tell you this right now. Don't get bored, but I wake up, I go and make the coffee. 
My wife gets the baby. She puts the baby near a toy as she brushes her hair and she brushes her teeth and she puts on some makeup. And I make all the lunches and I make all the breakfasts. I make eggs for four. I make some oatmeal. I'm cutting up fruit. I'm cutting some berries. I'm cutting carrots. I'm cutting cucumbers. We got snap peas. We got mini baby corn. We are making lunches. I'm putting applesauce pouches where they need to go. I'm putting string cheese where they need to go. I'm putting granola bars where they need to go. I'm filling up formula milk bottles. I'm filling up water bottles. I'm putting chili into Tupperware. I'm putting seltzers in bags. I'm putting apples and bananas where they need to go. And this is absolutely robotic. You should see me in this kitchen. That song is playing in my head. Bananas, apples, coffee, berries, eggs, oatmeal, bananas, berries, coffee, oatmeal. And now the baby comes to me, and now the four-year-old wakes up, and she's ready to talk. She'll say something like, it's my butterfly's birthday. And I'll go, of course it is. Come here for a big hug. Then everybody eats. And then I go to the bathroom get dressed, come on out, get everybody dressed. To get everybody dressed and changed and hair is brushed and teeth are brushed. This is the routine where nothing uncommon is happening. It's just how we get out the door. A lot of shit happens. You have your routine, I have my routine. And it's highly forgettable. So shouldn't we yearn for the uncommon? Shouldn't we yearn for something a little wild to happen, even if it stings a little bit? Should we ever lean into the pain and go, oh, today's going to be memorable for some reason? The word uncommon is scary. It could be good or bad. Otherwise, we are going to live on autopilot mode. I think a lot of people can go on autopilot mode for a long time, not question it and just say, hey, this is my existence. This is my opinion. This is my existence. It's like the first five minutes of the movie about Schmidt. I've mentioned the movie before with Jack Nicholson, and I highly recommend it. Kathy Bates, strong performance. But the first five minutes of the movie is his day that he's retiring from the job that he's had for 50 years. He's going to get the gold watch. He's going to go to the big steak dinner. His family's going to come honor him, and he's just looking at the clock. He's just looking at the clock until it hits 5 p.m. because he's been doing it on the rhythm of 9 to 5. I drive to work. I do my sales. I do my due diligence, my computer shit. I say hi to the same coworkers. I eat the same lunch. I look at the clock. It becomes 5 p.m. I get in my car. I go home. And it's so well done by Jack Nicholson, but it's so sad how many Americans were viewing that as the dream, the American dream. You have the same job for 50 years, 9 to 5. You occasionally get a bonus. You occasionally get a raise. Those are your same coworkers, your same boss. And you do it again, and you do it again, and you do it again until you fucking die. All right? Until you die. And a lot of people would sign up for that. People don't want the mystery. People don't. But guess what? That's the only way to measure where you grow in life. Go back right now. Look back at the previous chapters of life where you actually felt growth. Isn't it on the heels of some uncommon shit coming your way unexpectedly? Yeah, probably. 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 Even right now, this is podcast time. You had lunch. You're walking your dog. Now you press play on a podcast. You listen. I speak into the mic. I do the same thing when I listen to podcasts. It's just part of the routine. It's all forgettable. These episodes, they're all forgettable. You just go on with your day. Your meal tonight will probably be forgettable. I mean, it might taste good in the moment. It'll be forgettable. But really, what stands out? How do our memories even work? What stands out? Uncommon as shit. No need to swear so much, sir. No need to swear so much, sir. Okay, say it slowly. Can I, can I, can I, can I just uh, piggyback on what Jamie was saying? Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. 
today in my class, I saw a kid doing everything to keep his hair in place. Think about this. I watched a kid tune me out. Wasn't listening to a damn word because he was trying everything to keep his curly hair in place. He was like shaking his head. And then when he would throw his head back, he would kind of put his hands on the sides of his head, slick it back. And then he would shake again. So the curls came down over his forehead. And they looked at his iPhone on flip mode like a mirror. Then every five minutes, he would really try to keep his hair in place. I was just watching this. I didn't call him out. Of course not. Because I used to do that. I remember for a couple years, fifth and sixth grade, I had the worst look ever. I brushed my hair forward over my own hand. I would put my hand on my forehead and I would brush my hair forward and then use hairspray, hair gel, and hair wax. All the products, stealing my sister's products, got my own products. I actually did have something called hair wax. Oh God, just to keep this lip of my hair right in the front, very vanilla ice style, but not that high. And my hair goes straight to the sky. But all day I was concerned if the hair's out of place. Hair's weird, right? Why do we care so much? Why do we care so much? Walk down an aisle of hair care products at the grocery store. Why so much shit? Just go, go. Just leave your home. No one gives a shit. That's what I do now. I haven't brushed my hair in 30 years. But when I was in fifth grade, sixth grade, I remember spending a lot of time even blow drying that shit forward. I'd be in band class at Miller Creek. I'd be in band and I wouldn't even want to play my clarinet because I just wanted to keep the hands on the sides. Okay. I wanted to keep it slick on the sides and then I wanted to keep that lip frozen still. I remember that. It was exhausting. Trying to keep your hair nice at school while you're sweating through PE and having hormones jumping all at you at all times. My hair goes straight to the sky. I don't even think I have curly hair. I just have straight electrocuted hair. I have straight up helium balloon rubbed on my scalp hair. It just goes straight up. It's a fro. Now it would be a silver and brown fro. That's not a good look, folks. I keep it tight. I keep my hair so short people think I still have brown hair. That's a weird optical illusion. You know what I mean. If you have gray hair and you cut your hair really short, people don't know it's gray. You keep that shit short. You grow it all out. Oh, boy. That's when they go, you look very old. You get a haircut and they go, hey, look who got a little younger. It's true. People have told me that and they're absolutely right. So I'm going to keep it tight. Okay. I'm going to keep it toit and I'm going to keep this beard toit too because the plumes of gray aren't doing me any good. But that kid in class was making me laugh and I wasn't laughing out loud. I was just happy. I was happy that this still exists. The kids who are not concerned about getting an A. No, they're just concerned about keeping that hair in place. If I could get through seventh period with my hair in place and that was a success. That's how they measured their success in life. You know what else I saw? I was looking out the window. Talk about tuning me out. I tuned myself out during my class. As I was teaching, I look out my window and I see in this grass area, in this grass quad area. What's a quad? I don't know. Is it an abbreviation for something? I don't know. But I look out in this grass quad and there's just two guys sitting in the grass. One guy has a guitar and the other guy's just singing. I work at an artsy school. All right. MSA is amazing. M-S-A. And I'm like, what class are they in? Just a kid with an acoustic guitar and the other guy's singing. And right when my class ends, I run out there and I go, guys, could you continue? Could you just give me 30 seconds of whatever you were doing? And they're like, what? I was like, honestly, just can you play anything for me? And what they gave me for the next minute was so beautiful. It was so pretty. It soothed me. That's the level of talent you'll find amongst some of these teens at the school I work at. They were just like, Jason Mraz shit. It was like Jack Johnson shit. It was like Ben Harbour shit. And when they were done, they're just like, okay, bye. Okay, bye. 
I was like, what are your names? Who are you? Do you even go here? Are you professionals? What year is it? 1968? Are we in Golden Gate Park? Because that was beautiful. Beautiful. It's that time of the school year where the sun's coming out. Okay? It's that time of the school year where the kids can taste summer break. So they get a little antsy. And guess what? The teachers do too. And there's a lot of projects and there's a lot of tests, but there's a lot of fun things too. There's dances, there's rallies, there's proms, there's breakfasts, there's all sorts of presentations. There's festivities and galas. There's gatherings and celebrations. There's luncheons. I love that word. I don't know why. Luncheons. Oh, there's luncheons. As we get down to the final month of the school year and when my high school journalists put out the final issue. Oh yeah, that's the crescendo. That's the exclamation point on the whole school year. The final swarm. Actually, let me plug this. This is my podcast. This is my class. You could do it right now. If you care to read some quality high school journalism, go to www.novatoswarm.org. Do I still have to say the three W's? Hold on, I'll slow it down. Novatoswarm.org. N-O-V-A-T-O-S-W-A-R-M.org. And I have a little story. And I got a little story for you. Sometimes these kids know their freedoms, and sometimes it scares me. I'll be honest. I get a little sensitive. I get scared. Wait, if they know they have the power to editorialize and to present their opinions, and I'm not censoring them. We don't censor them. We treat them like legit professional reporters. They know their First Amendment rights. They know what they can write about. And sometimes they write about things and I go, uh-oh, that could offend somebody. And people are going to think, oh, is that Rosenberg's paper? No, this is a student newspaper. I'm the advisor. I'm the teacher. I'm the supervisor. Okay. But I had a student this year write something about wellness. Now, mental health is the biggest topic on most high school campuses in the Bay Area or maybe even beyond. Mental health. Mental health. Kids coming out of a pandemic. Feral kids returning to the classroom in masks who lost out on so many Social opportunities. I mean, come on. Of course, mental health is going to be at the forefront of a lot of schools. So the school I'm at, adults are making a lot of decisions. And I had one student who said, you know something? Kids should have a bigger voice shaping what wellness is all about. And me personally, I go, I think the school's doing a pretty good job. But the kid disagrees. And the kid, the student, the teen, I should say, writes an article, a really good article, balanced, interviews a lot of people, and I get worried. I got worried. Oh, no, are you going to offend the administration? Are you going to offend a friend? Josh, say the words correctly. Are you going to offend the wellness coordinators, the therapists on campus? We have so many mental health experts all over this campus hoping to help the kids, and I think I see it as like very noble and effective, but this student in my class, who I respect a great deal, wrote a good story saying, y'all could do better. Here's how we can improve. We got to improve. Here how, here's how kids actually think about wellness on campus. And we edited it and we had a lot of meetings, just like every story they write. We do a whole peer edit. I meet with them. We polish the stories. And I actually had a meeting with the principal and I said, here's what's coming out. And the principal, the assistant principal was so receptive. And she said, even if feelings get hurt, I know that your students have the right to express themselves. And I was so touched. I was like, wow. I work at a school where the principals, where the admin is understanding, understanding of my young editorialists. Students need more voice and the admin actually listened. We had a wellness week. We had a whole week dedicated to wellness where there were some workshops and all sorts of clubs meetings and presentations. And the assistant principal in a staff meeting said, hey, Josh, can you talk about what your student's goal was in that story. And I said, yeah, she just believes that adults make too many decisions around here and they need to listen to kids. And the principal said, all right, we're listening. We're going to let the students run the wellness week. We're going to let them. And they did. 
That's the power of journalism. Whenever I see adults actually being receptive to teens and listening to them without being authoritative or condescending and saying, no, this is how it's going to be done, but actually trying to tap into, okay, what's the next generation all about? How do they think? How do they function? How do they feel? And letting them take the initiative to make some decisions. I think that's pretty respectable. I mean, not at all times, but I think it's pretty respectable where at least you attempt, even if you don't agree, even if you don't agree, you fully disagree. Like even my, I might disagree with some of their stories. You still let them, you still let them because they have to also learn about repercussions and critics and people that feel offended. Journalism is actually a pretty delicate world. It's a fragile world, right? It's a sensitive world. Because if you do it well, you stand by your convictions and you express yourself properly, not everyone's going to agree with that shit. But at least you could go to sleep saying, I did me. I was me. My authentic self came out through my story today. And that's what I want them doing. I don't want them conforming. I don't want them feeling like, oh, I got to write something that Rosenberg agrees with. Or I got to write something that my group of fans agrees with. I got to write something that my family agrees with. No, 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 no. I want them to find their authentic voice, write about it, and then learn how to deal with the repercussions. And then also understand there's going to be some fans. There's going to be some people that love your stories, love your articles. They appreciate that you're an extension of the student body. I only have like 23, 24 kids in there and they represent a school of over 1400 and they've done it so fucking well this year so that's www.novatoswarm.org that's a plug oh if i if i could just d- dovetail on uh, what you were saying about high school uh, journalists and they they often have a voice shut up walt you said that last week and the week before if i could just piggyback on um no no you speak up in every meeting shut the fuck up okay <sighs> let me take a breath i feel like there were some other things to talk about i do i do feel like there were some other things to talk about Oh, yeah. Let me just ask you straight up. All right. And this is kind of a personal question, but how many of you listening right now, and just by a show of hands, just raise your hand, how many of you would be comfortable revealing everything in your medicine cabinet, in your bathroom cabinets? How many of you? Oh, zero? Exactly. Isn't it weird how it just grows and grows and grows as we get older? It just grows and grows and grows as we get older. This is the God's honest truth. When I went to college, I think I needed a toothbrush, some toothpaste, and some soap. That's it. Then I just started the day. Woke up in the dorm or whatever apartment I was living in, or on whatever couch I woke up on. Toothbrush, soap, start that damn day. I wasn't even a coffee addict in college. No vitamins, no supplements, no meds, just toothbrush and soap. Maybe I shaved once a month. That's it. And now? Now? 40? Holy shit. Riboflavin for anything inflamed. Uh, magnesium, of course, keep my stability. Lysine, I gotta take an amino acid, good for skin. Metamucil, I really would love to have success on the toilet. A mouth rinse of all kinds, that's for plaque. That's for gingivitis, that's for breath. Floss, pick, all sorts of floss, all sorts of picks. Plaque remover, essential oils. Yeah, the frankincense, the lavender, the kiwi and the kumquat, the peppermint. They're essential. I gotta love the confidence on whoever created that. Oh, these aren't just oils. No, you you dumb shit. These are essential oils. You need these. So, of course, essential oils. They're being sold to me as essential. You know I gotta use those all over my skin. Cream for the redness in my nose crease. Anybody else have this? It's called like dermatitis or rosacea or something. 
Anybody else have some redness in some areas and you use a cream? All sorts of creams. Would you really reveal all the creams you use? No, you wouldn't. CBD oil, I got eye drops, I got tweezers plucking a bunch of shit. I got migraine meds now, then a non-toxic sunblock. I actually care that my toxic sunblock has been thrown away. Now I have a non-toxic sunblock. Plus the pans and pots I've been using, those are toxic with the non-stick. That's toxic. I need ceramic. I look at all this shit. I just Google and Google and Google how to be healthier, how to live a longer life. Did you hear all the things I just said? And you know I'm still concealing a few things. You know I'm not going to say everything in my medicine cabinet on this damn public podcast. And I said a lot of things. I still said a lot of things. But I'm not telling you everything. How many of you, just by a show of hands, if you could just raise your hand, how many of you would be comfortable revealing everything in your medicine cabinet? Zero. Unless you're 17, 18. And then it's just, yeah, toothbrush and soap. Yeah, I guess that's all you need. That's it. And if I drive to work... And I think, wait, I forgot to take my riboflavin, lysine, magnesium, metamucil, mouth rinse, floss, essential oils, cream for the redness in my nose crease, CBD oil, eye drops. I forgot to tweeze. I forgot. If you forgot one thing, you'll feel an imbalance all day. All right. And if I forgot my hair wax where I have to battle my own fro all day, it's not going to be a good day. It's just not going to be a good day, pal. I'm going to tell you something straight up right now. I'm just going to tell you something straight up. I don't have an alarm clock. Of all the things I have to keep me on the schedule, I don't need an alarm clock. There's no way I would ever get to the point of the morning where my body naturally just wakes up. I wake up to the sound of a baby. You know, the first, it's not quite crying yet. It's just the first sound. I wake up at the first sound. The four-year-old will still say some shit in the middle of the night. Where's my unicorn? Oh boy, it's 3.30. I don't know. We talked through the monitor. I don't know, but I will now look throughout the house for this unicorn. And I got that bright digital clock. I always know what time it is. I hear the, oh, that's the baby. I'm up. Or I hear some things from the four-year-old's room that are so advanced. It just makes me think, dad, can barbecues also be in the house? I'm like, what? When, what? She discovered that barbecues are a form of cooking outside, so she wants to know if we could ever bring barbecues inside. How amazingly insightful and intelligent is this question? And I just go, we'll talk, we'll talk when I wake up, still sleeping. And I talk through the monitor. Of course, I don't need an alarm clock. You know I'm up in the fives. I'm not, a, I'm not a morning person, but I'm up in the fives. I want to get to the sixes. Even if it's 6.01, I feel like it's a success. But if it's 5.58, I go, oh, fuck, I'm fucked. Nope, the whole day. I'm done. I'm done. But what I wake up to on this monitor from my older daughter, I now am at the age where I don't really understand what she's talking about because she's learning things at school that are way beyond what we've discussed. See, I know what we've discussed. I know what I've taught her, but she has a great preschool she goes to and the teachers are really good. And she says smart shit now. A lot of parents can relate to this. She says a lot of smart stuff now. And she also knows about things that we've never talked about because I'm not even into like three days ago, I woke up to this, not an alarm clock, but dad, when are we going camping? She has a very elegant voice, by the way, for a four-year-old. Father, when are we going camping? And I said to her in the monitor, never, I don't ever plan camping. We're sleeping, good night. I do hope you can teach me how to put up my own tent, father. No, no, what's with the camping? Obviously, they're talking about camping at school. And she thinks, of course, all families just go camping. And some of the shows she watches... 
the cartoons go camping, I guess. I'm going to really disappoint her when she finds out how non-outdoorsy I am. But if she becomes an outdoorsy person, then she could set the tone. She becomes the family leader, and I'll let her take me camping. That's how it works, right? And you don't want to piss her off either. You don't want to upset her. I'll tiptoe around a four-year-old like it's a ticking time bomb. I'll keep the tone so kind, happy. Hi, good morning. Uh Uh-oh. And you could sense when a little kid is mad. The littlest thing could throw them off, and you don't want to minimize it and go, oh, it doesn't matter. I've Googled. My wife and I have Googled articles, how to deal with the tantrum, how to deal with the meltdown. And you don't just dismiss it and go, well, that doesn't matter at all. You can't find your unicorn. Who cares? It's just a unicorn. It matters to them. If it matters to them, you got to honor that. So when I step in it, meaning when I don't do it properly, when I get annoyed, when I get stressed, trying to diffuse the situation, trying to extinguish the old meltdown I could unintentionally, unintentionally rile her up even more. And we've taught her, go in your room if you're in the red zone, get some time to decompress, breathe, chill, be alone so you don't say things you don't mean. Don't say things you don't mean, even though we all do. We all do. But one thing she says, and this is the worst thing she could say, and I bet your kids have said this too. Well, you're not invited to my birthday. And of course... I am. I'm probably going to organize that birthday. And I don't fight it. I don't go, yes, I am. Yes, I am coming to your birthday. That'll just make the situation much worse. But what does that mean to her? That's what she hears among all the four-year-olds at her preschool. When these kids get mad at each other, that's like telling someone up. That's like when an adult says, you fucking piece of shit. I hope I never see your ugly face again. God damn it. But kids don't speak like that, and I hope they never do. I don't know why us adults learn that type of speaking. That's not nice. But when these kids at daycare, at preschool, if they were to say to one another, you're not invited to my birthday. Oh, that's the mic drop. That's the, uh, it's about to go down. Uh, That's a knockout punch of a comment. And I just think, hmm, what does it even mean to her? Me not coming to her birthday? I'm coming to that birthday, all right? Let me tell you. Could you imagine if I actually didn't? Could you imagine if any kids actually had that request? You know you've all heard that before. If any kids ever said that to their parents and their parents honored it, that'd be a disaster. Myla's just at her own birthday party without her parents. Where are they? There's the cake. There's the piñata. There's the decorations. No mom, no dad. You can't honor everything, your kid says. You can't honor everything. Some things you can't honor. I can't speak today, folks. I was up in the fives. All right, let's stop. Let's stop. I know there's a bunch of shit. I'm sick again. I should mention that. I'm past COVID, but I'm sick again. All right? It's not okay because I'm a big complainer when I get sick. I got the congestion. I got the sore throat. Oh, what's that? You don't care? Can can I just jump in real quick? If I could just piggyback on one thing. Uh, So I'm going to end this. Plus, the AC just came on and it's loud. Do you hear it? Is the mic picking it up? I mean, it feels good, but it's a little loud. All right, we got a big night. We got Warriors Mavs. I'm not scared of you, Dallas. I'm not scared of you, Luca. All right, this is going to be a quick series for those dubs. And then I'll remind you all, drop a nice rating on iTunes. If you listen through Apple, Apple, the panic attack laptop for me. I like Apple at times. I like my iPhone, but don't you force that MacBook into my old world of chalk don't you force that shit on me so yeah if you listen to this on spotify leave a rating or a review do they even let you do that on spotify what am i telling you to do 
You can do what you want. You're on autopilot mode right now. You probably didn't even listen to 15 of the minutes of this whole podcast. That's my guess, that you caught 15, and for 15, you were just daydreaming. That's normal. You were just daydreaming. Did you listen to the whole thing? Did you really? Wow, I'm impressed with you. I really am. Thank you. All right. I hope something uncommon happens to you today so it becomes memorable, and then it becomes growth. Okay? So that's Uncommon Memorable Growth. That's the title of my next book. UMG. UMG. Not a great acronym. All right, I'm done. That's 185 episodes in the toilet flushed away, in the books, in the past. It's history. We now move on in this brave new world right here on 95.9 The Skeleton. Nope. No, I just say it's in the books. I'll talk to you soon.